Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we've got Season 9, Episode 5, Brandon Leaves. Mary, what happened this week? Well, that does happen, but first, Brandon considers not doing that. Kelly meddles in Matt's custody case. Val retains a lawyer. Matt gets a new client. Sophie markets herself. David helps. Steve throws a party. Noah spirals some more. And Donna takes a step toward letting him go. I'm sorry. I don't know why I thought David helps was so funny. (laughs) I mean, he really doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. Yeah, except help. (laughs) (laughs) Quote unquote help. Let's be honest. He does the like Mm -hmm. moralistic avocado head version of helping. Right, right. Okay. Well, the episode starting off in the way that it did was kind of amazing. And I was like, okay, we're about to get a good episode. Because, like, Brandon walks to the beach apartment, goes to knock on the door, and Donna just bursts out the door with a bunch of stuff at the store. Like, that's the hustle and bustle of the newsroom that Janet was expecting last week. (laughs) I know. Yeah, like, he's been gone for a week, and they're running out, and he's like, store? And they're like, oh, yeah, and Matt's written up all the papers. And they mentioned Leah as well. And he's just like, Matt? Leah? These are not the people I've known for nine years. Right, and when Kelly's like, oh, sorry, it's just a long story, and Brandon's like, once upon a time, there was a girl named Leah. (laughs) (laughs) And then he keeps talking. He's like, oh, yeah, New York was great. We should talk about it. And she's like, great, 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 later. And he's just like, I got offered a job in Washington. And they want him to start right away, and things are, like, kind of awkward. But then Kelly's just like, well, yeah, I think that would be a good move for you. And you can tell he is so offended that she's not more sad. Brandon is, like, trying to go through so many emotions at the same time here. He's like, I heard a man's name. Can we go back to (laughs) Matt and then move forward? Like, and it makes sense. Like, this kind of thing happens in real life where, like, something happened. John got a job and they were like, oh, my God, you have to be in the Netherlands in four weeks. Good luck. Like, this kind of thing does happen. But – Because this is TV land, I'm sitting over here with my own whiplash being like, Brandon deserves like a three-week parade. Like, literally, you should drive him to D.C. on horseback. Which, like, season two Back to Podcast could never (laughs) say that at all. Honestly. how far we've come. I watched this episode this morning, and then I went for a walk, and while I was going for a walk, I was like, can you believe how far I have come emotionally that I care about Brandon Walsh? (laughs) And not just care, deeply care, and want him to succeed and do well. Literally, when I wrote in my notes that he got offered a job in Washington, I kept going. I was like, you know, that makes a lot of sense for him, considering the political stuff from his younger days. I'm sure that the packet he put together includes the AP circulated story that he did with Susan back in the day like I was going in my notes yep and I was like Brandon does not need me for this what well, am I doing it, but it does make sense for his career like it, it really does and, and and based on what we saw not last episode but I believe it was the one before he was feeling a little aimless like he's like what's my purpose like what is my legacy gonna be like I need to be doing more important things because I'm not fulfilled like la 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 so this certain type of job would do that mm-hmm Which, you know, we also had talked last week about how 
we could just get rid of Sophie, or I guess I said this, that I would be fine getting rid of Sophie and just spending time on other stuff. Like, yeah. this is kind of what I mean here is, yeah, we had that with Brandon a few weeks ago, but I barely registered it because we're too busy with all this other stuff going on and Sophie just right. sleeping in Casa Walsh. Right. And even stuff that, like, is kind of connected but then isn't connected. So what I mean by that is the very next scene. So it's the mm. – the shopping space area, boutique <laughs> area. <laughs> Val actually walks into Matt's office where he's like sitting down doing a crossword, blah, blah, blah. Kelly and Donna don't know that Val's here. And I find it funny that she's like, oh, I'm friends with Donna and Kelly. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> you're lying. I loved that she said that. And then he was like, mm -hmm. oh, my God, they're such great neighbors. They give referrals. And she's like, <laughs> yeah. that's not what happened. Actually, don't yeah. tell them I'm here. Exactly. And so, like, she basically says she wants to hire him to represent her for the killing of her father. She gives a very, like, brief synopsis on what happened, right? Like, mm -hmm. she is so quick about it. She thinks Abby's going to turn her in. And then she – they kind of go back and forth on it because Matt speaks like a lawyer. And mm -hmm. she's basically like, but it was a justifiable homicide. And he's like, well, I hope – or I think you're going to need to hope for a sympathetic jury because it, you know – he obviously doesn't know the whole story. It was a very brief synopsis, but it's still murder, you know, so there's there's a lot of gray here. Um, mm -hmm. And so now instead of our attention being focused on Brandon leaving, potentially, we have to, like, tie Val and Matt into this whole thing. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like, I know this happens in real life, but I just feel like I'm not getting – as much Brandon as I expected to in an episode called Brandon Leaves. Well, and especially when, like, in the past we have seen more clippy stuff and mm -hmm. we've seen more flashbacky stuff. And so I feel like it actually would have been very appropriate, appropriate to have an episode that was almost like a clip show to honor the lead of the show leaving. If, in fact, he was truly leaving. They should have had Donna and Kelly reenact the brandon song from senior <laughs> breakfast yes see that's what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah so i will say the one last thing about the vows and matt stuff is i can really appreciate that even in this moment she's trying so hard to control the narrative like yes. when he's pushing her for stuff and being so lawyery and she's like you have the full story i don't know why you're pushing so much more and he's mm -hmm. like you can't be serious. You can't possibly think that that's what's happening here. You better hope your mother doesn't tell anybody. Right, exactly. And it's a mess. It's such a mess with that. Yeah. So after the credits, we go to the Beverly Beat. I guess David has been looking for Sophie. He hasn't heard from her since, presumably since we saw them last, when they mm -hmm. were like, you know, she was being all sad face at the camera because she got kicked out of Casa Walsh. And Janet, it turns out, has been seeing these flyers all over town that say, where is Sophie? And it's a picture of Sophie. And they look like missing person flyers. Like, like yes. What is happening? I literally thought it was like, you know, a version of the person on the milk carton. Like, the, it was yeah. supposed to be like, this is a missing person's ad, not a, ooh, let me call the number and figure who the hell is Sophie, you know? <laughs> But it's, like, such a lost dog style. Like, yes. <laughs> like, and, okay, I think all of the flyers and stuff should have said, who is Sophie with the phone number? Instead of right. where is Sophie with the phone number? Exactly. 
Totally. No, I totally agree. Like, just it, one change of an adverb would have been much better. Yeah. But, like, David is looking for Sophie. Janet has this flyer. She probably took it down to be like, this is bonkers. I'm not letting these stay up in L.A. Absolutely yep. not. Yep. Steve is still pissed at David, rightfully so, for turning his legitimate news business, quote unquote, into actual porn. Yep. But then David calls him a jerk. <laughs> I mean, and he's not wrong, but just not in this moment. <laughs> yeah, this is not the time to be doing this. You're still yeah. the bad guy in this room. This room probably still needs bleach. Yep. So we go back to the shopping space. Noah has finally showed up. He's like, oh my gosh, this place looks great. And Matt is coming in and helping with stuff. And you can even see, like, there's so much tension here because he says the place looks great, that, like, Donna has clearly worked hard. She does not say thank you, which she's usually self-deprecating about things. But I feel like you notice when, like, the way she's acting with Noah Mm -hmm. because – then Matt comes in and is basically like, I'll help unpack things while Noah's here. Like, basically offering to be a third party who stays and Noah's like, she didn't ask you for that. Right. And at first I was like, this almost feels like they don't know who each other are. You yeah. Know that, that Noah's just jealous of a random guy. But then it's like, no, he literally like represented Noah just an episode ago. So it's like, the fact that he was being so jealous and defensive was like, kind of weird for me. Yeah, it just, it it missed me. It's not, I don't like this behavior from Noah, and I feel like Donna wouldn't either, and we don't really see Noah act like this around people that he even remotely likes. I mean, remember when he first showed up and was just, like, spending too much time around Kelly? Like I was just going to say, he is usually that person, like the Matt in this. So why is he getting defensive about like, maybe you know, it's projection, right? Like he's probably just projecting on Matt because he usually is that helpful and that kind of like inserts himself into stuff and, and all that. And he hasn't been. So he's just getting defensive about it. Mm. I mean, yeah, he literally after Matt leaves says, you know, it looks great. I'm just sorry. It's not me who's helping you out. And Donna gives him all these openings. She's like, we're putting the sign up tomorrow morning really like you to be there it hurts when you run away from me so like I want to hang out with you tonight like you've requested but I need you to put an effort in yeah and he's like I won't run and I don't believe him (laughs) I don't believe him at all like I think I want to say at the end of the scene he kisses her he's like no it's not gonna happen and Mm -hmm. I just wanted to be like that's an inappropriate maybe a cheek kiss or something but you guys are not in a romantic space right now like yeah Maybe a hug. I think a hug would have been better. And to be honest with you, it wouldn't have surprised me. Like, I know it's not, but it wouldn't have surprised me if this was also Noah's last episode. Just based on the way things had been going. You know what I mean? Honestly, yeah. Like, I could see half this cast turning over in this moment of just, like, Brandon gets in the car and then half of them just get in with him. (laughs) And they're like, what, you thought we were just all going to stay here? No. Yeah. Season 8 was weird, dude. Yeah, we lean on you for housing most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. When that comes up later, we got to talk about it. Yes. Oh, actually, it's, like, about to come up because we get a brief moment in the peach pit where Kelly has met with Leah to, like, kind of catch up with what's happening. She -hmm. mentions that, you know, Lenny didn't abuse her for a while, but then they got in this huge fight after Allison was born 
and when she tried to go for sole custody, he threatened her. And it was like, don't you dare take my baby away from me. Mm-hmm. So we're caught up there. Um, we have actually legitimately met Leah and Lenny before, so it's kind of exciting that they brought that back. Yeah. I don't remember how far into the season they had shown up last season, but this is a repeat. Like, these are actually people we've met before and not a made-up story like Brandon cutting his chin on the first day of school. Oh, my God. Yes. We'll get there. We'll get there. But the other side of this conversation is that Steve wants to talk about the anniversary party, which they're a little vague about. It took me a minute to realize they're talking about the Beverly Beat. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And that it's only been open for a year. And that blows my mind. I don't think this newspaper is real. I think <laughs> I think I called it the room of requirements before. I believe that even more now. I think so too. Especially because like like we've said, there's no definition on their distribution. We don't actually know how much content is within this 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 Beverly Beat. But we yeah, know it like, has reaches. Like there's it's almost kind of like the Theranos stuff that you were talking about last week where it's like the idea is really really good but the execution isn't but people have kind of like made themselves believe it exists and is is, is amazing so it just keeps getting more funding and more opportunity and more scope and more you know all that kind of stuff I just I don't even see how the Beverly Beat continues after this yeah also same. but we'll get there because we go inside the peach pit with Brandon and Steve. And it turns out like everybody already knows that Brandon's leaving. We don't get an announcement where he tells mm-hmm. people he accepted a job. They right. just already know. Yep. And then Brandon, like we find out he gets two weeks in a hotel to find a place to live, which is not a long time. Right. But that he also called his parents and that Jim and Cindy, now that they can't give Brandon a free house anymore, want to sell it. Yes. And – that makes so much sense. Like they should. Um, the other uh, the other option would be to continue to let the kids stay there, but charge them rent. Now, Which, wiring that money all the way to Hong Kong sounds complicated, but hey, Jim's an accountant; he can figure it out. I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense for them to charge the kids rent and then yeah. just use that as like their American money for when they come visit. Mm-hmm. But they should have been charging them rent this whole time. I don't understand Casa Walsh. I'm also I, – I feel like there has been conversation before about whether Jim and Cindy actually own the house or not. Yeah. But they see Kelly talking to Leah and Brandon mentions Matt. And this is when mm. Steve looks at him and is like, well, you don't have the market cornered on moving on. Yes. Which is the actual thing he says. I think that felt like a very scripted thing to say. Like I don't think I would look to you and be like – you have the market cornered. I'd say, like, you're right. not the only one. Right. But it's enough to freak Brandon out. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, Steve's basically insinuating, like, oh, this guy could be a potential love interest for Kelly, and so you probably need to freak out. Not just saying, like, oh, I don't think he's anything to worry about. He's a lawyer. Like, that's- Yeah. No, it's – you've been gone for seven days and she met another guy. If you move yeah. away, she's going to, like, date him immediately. Exactly. And then we in another moment, Val is waiting for Abby outside her hotel, I think. I think she's, mm-hmm. like, in the lobby. I yeah. guess Abby's been ignoring her. And Val just keeps pushing her and is like, you're going to turn me in. I know you are. Just admit it. You're going to do it. And Abby's like, girl, hush. I need to think. And, yeah, she's like, 
What do you? What is there to think about? Basically, and it, like Val gets mad that she's gonna think she's like blah 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 stuff we've already talked about. I don't want to beat a dead horse. Of course, I'm gonna think. Mm-hmm. And like, to be fair, I think that's probably the better move than just assuming or rushing to make a decision. But mm-hmm. I'm still kind of like a little over it, just because like we brought this storyline back when when we didn't need to, or mm-hmm. at least retconned everything and changed the way it ended up being. So. I think that's why I don't care as much. And to be honest, I don't think anything is going to happen to Val. I really don't. I don't think so either. And I feel like when the opportunity first presented itself for her mom to get with Carl and be happy over there and Val was going to get this experience to talk to her mom and rebuild their relationship, I kind of assumed that was just going to be it. Like that would happen, she would leave, and then we would use this Brandon leaving and issuing in a new era of the show right to give Val a new lease on life like right she's if Brandon's not there there is no reason for Val to stay with the rest of this group so 100%. like her fighting with her mom doesn't make me feel good yeah 100% I mean we've said for so so long like there's no reason really for Val to be here because she's not friends with any of them yeah so like not letting her heal emotionally with the only person she's going to have a connection with, mm-hmm. her mother. Like, that – I don't like that. Yeah. And, I mean, just to spoil it, but we find out later, at this point, she doesn't even know Brandon's leaving and that they're selling Castle Walsh. Like, right. she has to find that out later. Right. And that's the thing. Like, you just said, it seems like everybody already knows, except Val. <laughs> yes. Because everybody talks, except Val. Yep. And – You know, speaking of Brandon, he goes to the shopping space and he and Kelly keep having these weird moments where, like, he says it later, but he's struggling with the idea that Kelly is moving on, the idea that he could move on. And he wants to talk about it, but it's not in a helpful way. Like, he's like, oh, I'm impressed. I'm surprised and confused about this store, but nothing you work on ever fails. And then she says, almost nothing. And he's just like, damn it, you got me. <laughs> I know. It's, he's literally like trying to say all the right things here, and he just keeps putting his foot in his mouth. And then he even says, like, it's weird that she's making big decisions without him. And she's like, you mean like you did with me by accepting a job in D.C. and going, you know, like all, like going up to New York for the interview and accepting a job in D.C., like all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, yeah, like – Kelly's being kind of hostile toward Brandon. I'm not 100% sure why, but I don't think anything she said is, like, wrong. Mm -hmm. Oh, I loved her last thing she says. I don't think I got this 100%, but she basically says, this is what I want. If it feels odd to you, keep it to yourself. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, you can't have your cake and eat it, too, or at least you're trying to, and but you don't need me to do that. Oh, my gosh. I also want to talk about cake later when Val mentions that she has to order extra cake because they keep running out of cake at the club. (laughs) But that doesn't happen right now because right now, apparently, Lenny has found out that Kelly is talking to Leah and goes and threatens her at her place of work right underneath his lawyer's office in front of witnesses. Dude, I totally thought, like, by the way that Lenny walked in, I thought he was going to, like, hit Val. I mean, hit Kelly. Like, I totally thought that was going to happen. Truly, I thought he was going to, like, legitimately threaten her and not just say, like, stay away from Leah or else. Like, I thought he was going to break something. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't know why. Everything with Sophie just makes me want to laugh because it's so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It really Because is. David hasn't been able to find her, so he just calls the number on the flyer. And then she meets him and he's like, what is this flyer? I'm worried about you. It looks like a missing persons flyer. And she's like, no, no, it's a brilliant idea. One of my friends took this picture of me and then we put these all over town and I've already gotten a casting agent to call me. It's great. I wrote exactly two things about this scene. Like Sophie says she has a commercial audition tomorrow because of that flyer. She wants David to come with her to the audition. I don't care. (laughs) And, like, I really, I think some of my stuff is jumbled in my notes. It doesn't make sense to me because the next thing I wrote is that David says he's doing fine without Sophie. And then she's like, but I'm not. But I have, like, vivid memory of her just being sad on this booth, being like, I need you to get him to go to the audition with her. It just, yeah, it just, they keep, like, flip-flopping and going back and forth and, like, making David not sure if he wants to be with her or not or want to value Steve over Sophie and it just like uh, none of it works so I'm Mm -mm. I'm we can just breeze right on past yeah which okay kind of speaking about this like flip floppiness the next thing we see is that like Noah and Donna did spend the evening together and then he ended up spending the night but yeah Donna's like you shouldn't be here you're not even trying to make me understand what you're feeling and then he does He's like, it feels like I'm walking on quicksand and I'm sinking. And she's like, I don't know what that feels like. And he's like, no, you don't. And then he gets up to leave. And she says, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. Don't go. And like, I don't even know how to describe it. That just felt like bad writing to me. Well, and it non-committal too. Like they couldn't decide what they wanted from the scene. And they haven't decided if they want Noah to let her in or not. And they want to almost show him attempt to do so and then fail, but Mm -hmm. Donna not sure how to handle it. So they just keep changing their minds. Like, that's how they resolve it. You know what I mean? Yeah, just him saying, like, I feel like I'm walking on quicksand and her saying I don't understand what that means. Like, she's been through enough stuff that I feel like she should be able to relate to a feeling of hopelessness or something. Or just being out of control, right? Like, she literally just took pain pills and was addicted to them. Like, I don't know. It just, they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do with them. Yeah, I completely agree. And so, we then see that Brandon has decided to talk to Matt. I guess he's doing an article about custody battles, I think it was. And he wants to talk to Matt, and Matt is just like... I can't talk to you about Leah and Lenny. Like, that's a client. <laughs> and then Brandon goes, but has Kelly mentioned me? Did she mention a breakup recently? Have you ever heard of a Brandon? Um, weddings? Did, any of this? He's like, mm, nope. And then here comes Val. Just bra- <laughs> You're leaving? <laughs> Love. This is really not a good time for me. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, but seriously, though, what the F, Brandon, that you didn't tell this girl who was like, you're basically my brother. Like, mm-hmm. she's in love with him in the confusing way that Val is in love with people, and he right. just didn't tell her. God. Just. Yeah. But, okay. So then, literally, I, it's like a 
nervous tick. I can't. I laugh when I think about Sophie because she's that ridiculous. Because we go to her audition, her casting call. The receptionist does not give a shit who she is. She's like, oh, where's your headshot? And Sophie hands her the flyer. And she's like, I said a headshot. Yeah. And then Sophie pulls a like, I know the casting director. She'd be really excited to see me. And then she bribes the assistant but pulls the bait and switch that she loves to do between the 50 and the 10. And And it doesn't work because you even see the casting person, the receptionist or whatever, she literally walks out like or walks away into the other room looking at the dollar bill. I'm like, girl, don't look at the dollar bill. You were just bamboozled. And, like, I would look at it, pocket it, come back out, and just, like, keep going down the list and ignore Sophie and be like, what? Are you trying to say that you bribed me and it didn't work? Are you trying to admit to illegal acts? Mm -hmm. Exactly. David sees this. He knows the scam she's pulling. And he's upset because everybody else is doing the work. They're going and, you know, getting acting coaches, taking the classes, and doing all the things that you're supposed to do in the business. Which. I'm pretty sure half of that stuff is scams as well if you're not careful. Like Sure. But Sophie says, anyone can do the little things, David. That's why they're little. As in, my not doing the little things and bribing people. Right answer. And like, it, I'm sorry, just the idea that David even remotely accepts any of this when – I feel like I have no evidence that he would do this. Blows my mind. Well, and again, like, they, they're messing up David because it's like he points this stuff out and calls her out on this shit, but then still makes him fall into her web because he's attracted to her. You know, it's like they are so oversimplifying David and not giving him enough credit by saying that he is so easily like swooning over her because she you know is just so hot and like all this kind of stuff like because that's the thing he has a moment of logical clarity and he's like no you're doing this the wrong way like everybody else here is working hard they're getting agents they're they're taking lessons like and you're just trying to bribe your way in it's like yeah david that should be enough to stop seeing her but it's it never is and so it kind of makes me mad that they just like oversimplify david like this because he he's been we've seen him be more complicated than this Mm -hmm. and i feel like if they were gonna do this which this just came to me so like this is not fleshed out this could totally fall apart easily but it's my favorite thing to do is wildly conjecture is you know david wants to be famous too it would be really interesting if sophie became a character on this show to teach Mm -hmm. david like sleight of hand and all of these like tricks about bouncing checks and stuff to get david into the music business even though he's done the work he's written the jingles blah 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 like he made that whole big deal about wanting to you know just demand being able to score a movie like Mm -hmm. there is a way that this could have worked of him being accepting of sophie's behavior and i don't see how that's happening right exactly it's like they're trying to keep him lukewarm at all times. They'll have him call her out, then they go back on it. They have him, like, 
be enamored by her and then they go back on it they throw in the friendship with steve and then they go back on it it's like they keep trying to like make him both and it just isn't working yeah sophie is not working as a plot device on this show and i'm yeah (laughs) tell you what though we find out we go to the store it's 10 a.m it's time for the sign reveal which i thought was going to be like a hanging sign i didn't think it was going to be like a window decal yeah but i also did not think it's going to be called Now Wear This. Or is it Now Wear This? Well, Now Wear This. <laughs> now Wear This. Now Wear This. <laughs> I hope it is a yell. Like People come in and buy things and then Donna or Kelly wrap it up really nicely and go, Now Wear This. Yeah, it's an interesting title for a store, especially when they've had, like, the Peach Pit After Dark, and they've had the Beverly Beat, which is, you know, like, none of these are ground, earth-shattering names, but they are good. (laughs) I'll tell you what, uh, the way that we hyphenate the Peach Pit After Dark to the pee pad, or, you know, acronize it, whatever you can't do that with now wear this nwt does not roll off the tongue yeah it's just gonna be called store yeah the shopping space (laughs) by donna martin and also kelly taylor (laughs) i'm just gonna give it really bad names that are still somehow better than now wear this well at least like if if we got a bad name it's fine because at least we got this cute little scene of like donna freaking out kelly kind of leveling her out like you know, she's all worried about this adventure and she starts talking about all the bad things about what an adventure is. And then Kelly talks about all the good things and like they've done this all by themselves and all this. So it was like, again, this is why it's good to put these two in the same space because they work really well off each other. They have excellent chemistry and it gives them an excuse to be in more scenes together that are not surrounded, you know, about a boy. So even mm-hmm. though they discuss Noah in this scene, the scene is not about Noah, and so I appreciate that for both of these characters because for so, so long, we've seen Kelly and Donna be very wrapped up in whoever they're dating and most of their storylines be about who they're dating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Noah bails on the sign reveal, and this is the time where Kelly's saying, like, you know, I know you love him, but, like, sometimes love isn't enough. Like, mm-hmm. I loved Brandon, and that just didn't work out. And yeah, I would love – if Noah and Donna broke up and them working here at this boutique basically turned them into like the golden girls or we could do a threes company where Matt's upstairs. Oh my God. Perfect. I know it could be great, but instead maybe maybe Val will come work here too. Oh my God. And then it could just be like the odd couple and Donna, (laughs) but it's 10 a.m. And Noah's drinking in his office because it turns out that his mom called and basically wants to not ever mention how his dad died. Basically, like, it's too embarrassing. It's going to look bad on us. Let's just say your father had a part. I don't know. Whatever. They've come up with some other thing and it upsets him. And in a really conveniently timed moment, Val comes in and she's Mm -hmm. like, Oh, your mom's lying about how your dad died because of embarrassment? I'm very familiar with that. Right. And, like, 
this makes sense from a story perspective as to why these two would bond or why these two would kind of gravitate toward each other. And this Mm -hmm. is what is missing from the Donna and Noah situation is that there really hasn't been a relatability factor. And Mm -hmm. that, that doesn't mean that every single trauma you go through has to then relate to somebody else's trauma for you to understand it. Not at all. But from a writing perspective and a story perspective, that's they did they chose not to give Donna something to relate to Noah with. They mm-hmm. chose that. Just like they chose to give something relatable between Noah and Val. So I think that wasn't they're clearly so like that's why they've been writing Donna so weird and the scenes between them so weird is because they were trying to get to this point where they do have something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is also the weird scene where Val says she had to order extra cake because they keep running out of cake, which (laughs) is just the weirdest excuse to get them into this scene where, yeah, they get to relate to each other on a much deeper level. And, you know, I kind of appreciate that Noah calls her out on Carl without Mm -hmm. really knowing the story. Like, this is just the kind of thing that works with Val and is weirdly working with Noah. Yeah. But Noah says he wants to take Val somewhere, and thankfully, she says, okay, give me your keys, and he hands them over, which is not something we've seen in the last couple weeks. A hundred percent. Then there's this really weird scene at a photo shoot. It turns out Sophie didn't get the job because she was not clean enough, I guess. Yeah, she was not wholesome wholesome or fresh. fresh. (laughs) She was clean. She does shower. (laughs) She just doesn't look wholesome and she doesn't look fresh. So, She's so I guess grumpy. now she has the money to get professional headshots. Uh, we find out later she does not. Yeah. But she's being grumpy. She's like wasting everybody's time because she refuses to actually like pose for these photos she scheduled. And David's pep talk for her is that he's done hemorrhoid cream jingles. Which doesn't work. She's like, that's disgusting. How dare you ever tell me that? And so in his take two of motivation is to whisper sexy things in her ear, presumably. Which, like, to go from hemorrhoid cream to if you behave, (laughs) I'll have sex with you wouldn't work for me. But okay, Sophie. Yeah, it's a choice. And then that somehow (laughs) works and inspires her. And she does exactly one pose, just moving her body around while she does it. And apparently it's all good now. The photographer freaking loves it. And they get approximately 8 million shots of that one look on her face. And then, because of all this, the photographer invites them to a party with, like, quote-unquote, a whole lot of, like, Hollywood big shots. It's so stupid. So dumb. Oh, man. So... We cut back to Noah and Val. Noah's big reveal to Val is his parents' house, which is clearly up for sale. It's being packed up. Things have, like, had sheets thrown over them or whatever. And he's just walking room to room going, oh, oh, and right here, this is where my father said I disappointed him. Over there, where my father said I disappointed him. At this bar, where my father said I disappointed him. And then they start drinking more. Yep. And he keeps saying, like, he wants to do something to erase the memories. They talk about, like, suicide versus murder, basically. And she essentially admits what she's done, and he thinks she's kidding. He laughs at her. 
Yeah. He says, like, you really could do it, couldn't you? And she's like, what if I already did? And then he just starts laughing because he's like, you couldn't kill anybody. That's ridiculous. Which, like, I can tell in the moment, you know, Val would be like, you have no idea. I'm despicable. If you knew, you'd never speak to me again. But I also kind of love the idea that Noah is just like, even though you're a terrible person, I don't believe you would murder someone. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So then we go to the Beverly Beat, where Brandon's still being weird, and he tries to get Kelly to work with him on this story, and he really wants to trash Matt for representing Lenny, at which point Kelly kind of takes offense to this and is just like, this is weird. I don't want to do this. Yeah. She literally is like, just stop with everything, the flirting, the help, just all of it. And I love this quote, too. Like, So the quote that you said Kelly said last time about you know if it's odd for you like keep it to yourself Mm -hmm. he says this isn't easy for me Kel and she says I know but that doesn't give you the right to make it hard on me and I love that I mean it's true it's like don't put your shit on mine like it's not Mm -hmm. you're not I'm not responsible for the way that you feel yeah it's you know we talk about Kelly's large declarations when she always says she's going to stand up for herself, this is the kind of thing that it should have been. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, all of this is happening the day of the grand opening of the store. There's a whole thing with David and Sophie and Steve that I just really love because Steve literally says, like, I'm being cold to you, Sophie. (laughs) Yeah, he has to point it out. But then... Matt comes in and tells Kelly, like, hey, I told Lenny he's not allowed to come in here. And Kelly's like, great, now fire him as a client. So, Mm -hmm. you know, literally all this stuff with Brandon of I'm not going to help him was entirely just her and Brandon. The fact that she's learned that maybe Lenny does have the right to a lawyer. Right, right, exactly. But none of that matters because, like, all of these people are here to support Kelly and Donna in their store opening. They give this, like – really quick little thank you for everyone for coming and Brandon is standing outside looking through the window at Kelly like it should be pouring and he should just be sitting in the rain watching her be happy yeah or it's like you know in those movies at Christmas time where it's like the ghost of Christmas past and the the, (laughs) oh and he's seeing yeah like you see from the outside like your past or your future or whatever and yeah then he's like out there with Steve um And he goes on about this story about his first day of school when he moved here, how he tripped and hurt his chin and how Donna came over and introduced herself and to the rest of the group. I'm like, that absolutely did not happen. happen. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say it was a really nice made up fact to say that he got 6.9s across the board for his fall. Yeah. It's like people are holding paper in the air. They said (laughs) 6.9s. I'm like... Okay. <laughs> Isn't that what this episode ended up being graded? Yes. Oh, oh, my God. oh my gosh. <laughs> it really was. Like, let me confirm. Oh, just... Yeah. In fact, it was 6.9. That's hilarious. Nice. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. It's a totally made up story. None of this ever happened. We were literally there on the first day of school. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't understand why. They had to make up a story. but when they could literally they, just access the archives. Like, that's it. Like, say anything that happened to them in high school. Or, like, mm-hmm. make something a little more believable. I don't know. Right. 
But, but then, like, Steve ends up saying he's got some leads on some places to live. And then Brandon kind of asks him, like, do you think you'd ever leave here? And Steve's like, you know, I don't really think so. Like, he's found his place. Like, I mean, he might leave Beverly Hills, but it sounds like he's a California boy. He would not leave mm-hmm. L.A. or, you know, the surrounding areas. And then all of a sudden, this conversation just causes Brandon to say that he's staying because this is home. And I'm like, no, it's not. Minnesota was home. Like, this isn't home. Yeah, your sister's not here. Your parents aren't here. You and your girlfriend broke up, and now you're having a really awkward relationship with her. Like, it just doesn't – no. It's not working, but Brandon's talking to the worst person. He tells Steve he's going to stay and to go in and tell everyone, so Steve does. And Kelly does not look happy. Oh, my God. Kelly immediately looks at him and is just like, you little so-and-so. (laughs) oh so (laughs) the next day at the party i'm not really gonna say a lot about this um yeah it's done sophie and david go to a party that turns out to be like a um pornography greet networking event Mm -hmm. yeah some like some guy walks up to david thinking he's like one of the actors in one of the films and that's what like puts david on like oh Mm-hmm. What does Barney do? And then he finds out, and then he basically, like, pulls Sophie away because he's like, you don't want to do this. And and my only thought to this was, like, just let her do what she wants to do. Like, let her decide. Well, and that's, the, like, I was conflicted here, too, because, you know, she's – we find out later she's only been here a month. Like, it's only Dude. been four weeks, and she thinks that she's going to make it. So there's still a lot of naivete here. So so much. Oh, my God. I appreciate David at least being like, you need to understand what's happening here. But yeah. she makes the comment, like, everybody has to start somewhere. And let's really talk about the fact that, like, literally so far all she's done is be on camera banging. Like, literally right, right. all she's done is amateur porn. It was yeah. not on purpose. And it was at 3 o'clock in the morning on a website that maybe got three hits a day, but it still happened. Yeah. And, like, she's – she also wants to be known as sultry. Like, she doesn't – she didn't like that she wasn't, like – or is that what it was? Like, at the, at, the, at the photo shoot, she was told she's not wholesome, and she was mad about that, but you can tell she doesn't actually want to be that. Yeah, it was like she was mad she didn't get it because that's what they wanted, but that – I think she was like, I could have done better my way. And they should have right. hired me that way. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's literally who she is. I kind of want to keep talking about them a yeah. little bit because she's already gotten her headshots back. And like you said, she's pulling out the sultry looks and David has found one that looks like a high school photo. And he's like, I really like wholesome. And he's telling her that she can do better than porn and all of these things, which again, like I wrote in my notes, he's being very moralistic, but it's all on his terms. What right. he thinks is right is what she should do. And at this point, she's like, I've only been here four weeks. I should have made it by now. I'm not everybody. And then talks about how her entire plan is unraveling because she actually is enrolled at CU. <laughs> and that's how she got her student loans. But she has not been going to classes. And it's, despite only being four weeks, already time for midterms because I forgot CU just – yeah. And she's going to fail them, which means that then she won't be able to keep her student status. And then there's going to be collections when it comes to the student loans and like all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, she's like 
literally talking about how she needs to make money now. So she's not opposed to getting in the business no matter what way she can. And I just, when she was like upset that she hadn't made it yet. And then she was like, I've been here four, or David's like, you've been here four weeks. I was like, she's been here four weeks. Which like, oh my God. Is literally true. It's episode five. And I do think she showed up in episode or maybe it's been five weeks now but right i lost my mind when they said that i was like oh my god they're right she's sitting there like david you don't understand i already checked off step three on my plan there are no more steps (laughs) i mean truly she grabs the notebook and comes to bring it to him like it's checked off david it's checked off (laughs) oh my gosh well, and then Wait. just keeping on her real quick because there's like, I want to say there's only one other little scene, at least yeah. mostly about her. And yeah, uh, so yeah. it's like, like she and David are driving because she wanted to take him somewhere. And they're in, whose car is that? It was like a red Durango. I was going to write that. Yeah, I was like, David drives a Durango now? He had a Jeep. Yeah, like whose car is that? And anyway, so he like tells her, she tells him to pull over. And she got a billboard with what money? <laughs> well, she says that. She's like, uh, the check I paid this with is going to bounce. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that she's scamming everyone. I mean, she's everyone. literally, like, ca- giving bad checks. Like, that's not even yeah. a good scam. And he's just like, well, it's not conventional. And then when she's like, look at me, and David looks her in the face, and she's like, no, look at me. Look at me. <laughs> She's stupid. Bananas. She like crawls. She just lays her body across him. Mm -hmm. It's so weird. Yeah. It's so weird. The biggest thing I pulled out of that was that he drives a Durango now and that these still look like missing posters. And I would be really surprised if she's not getting multiple journalists a day calling being like, where, when was the last time you saw Sophie? Exactly. Now that, to backtrack a little bit, now that Brandon is quote-unquote staying kelly has decided to kind of help working with him and go against lenny and get this article out and brandon starts bringing up accusations against leah because this is what he should do as a neutral reporter Mm -hmm. and kelly does the same thing as she always does and goes she's the victim stop it right right and all that to say that they finally have a conversation together where Kelly's like, what you want isn't in Beverly Hills and you need to take that job. And she's right. Like she and him literally had conversations about him not being fulfilled by the Beverly B and by like everything here. And so she's like the only one that's kind of like seeing through him and being like, Hey man, like, look, like you gotta go. Like you're going to regret it. If you don't at least try. Mm hmm. And so that he kind of like sneaks it, sneak attack. <laughs> but he just shows up and is like, hey, we got to go. He takes her to the beach and it turns out he wants to go night swimming because he's lived in Beverly Hills for nine years. He's been right next to the beach, but he's always been too scared to do it. And I got to tell you, if we got a whole episode where Brandon made a Beverly Hills bucket list mm-hmm. and Kelly and his friends helped him achieve yep. it, I would have been. So happy. I was thinking the same thing. Like, what a, what a great send-off. You know, like, wanting to finish doing all the things he wanted to do before he leaves. Like, it's a great – like, with all of his friends, 
you know, make it sort of like a scavenger hunt bucket list type thing. Like that would be so fun. And it would be a good tribute because you get to kind of reminisce on all the things he never got to do, but always wanted to or was too scared to. Mm-hmm. Or like, um, I think it was before we started recording and I, I wish I remembered which one of you said it, but talking about the Grunion run of like yeah. this, we could have turned this into a clip slash bucket list show where he and Kelly go running down to the beach they go night swimming but then we get the flashback to the Grunion run mm-hmm. and Brandon being at the Grunion run right I don't remember like, who he was with at the Grunion run but not the point well and just to keep on this like when they actually do go out for like swimming and they kind of come back on the shore Brandon jokes about like a shark swimming right by them and like the dorsal fin was right like that was very very cute and it inspires, like, Kelly to talk about what scares her. And she says the unknown scares her. And that's a very real fear, right? Mm-hmm. And Brandon's still kind of, like, hamming it up a little bit and being a little bit, like, well, the tide scares me. You know, like, you could just walk out there and it could take you out. But it relates back to a more serious thing where he's, like, really afraid of, like, disappearing. You know, because mm-hmm. on the beach, when you walk, your footprints, they go away. They get washed away by the tide. And you can tell he's actually afraid of, like, people forgetting about him. And that is such a real fear. I know. And, like, they have this really grown-up conversation. And he apologizes for being so weird and for not being a good enough friend to actually let her move on. Right. And then, like, further symbolically, he wants to go back in the water. And she sends him on his own. Like, he goes by himself into the water. And then we get to see a little blurry booty. I know. I was like, oh, my God, they did skinny dip. Like, I was wondering if that's what they were going to do. And I cannot believe that CBS or NBC, whatever it was on at the time, gave us blurry booty. (laughs) It was so happy. I was like, blurry booty. (laughs) Like, literally so distracted. My notes are talking about, like, he's on his own. It's symbolic. This is such great booty. Yeah. (laughs) Just so funny oh my gosh and And then kind of like going back you know because those are two scenes bookended around one other it's like we're at donna's store and she's locking up for the night and matt comes downstairs and offers to like walk her to her car and she declines and all that and this was when matt kind of reveals a little bit about himself and why he took the case and he basically says like whenever his he was really young his parents got divorced and his mom immediately moved with him and so Mm -hmm. he never got to see his dad and so he's kind of says like he's doing this for the kid like he never he doesn't like every kid should know both their parents and like i agree however if the dad is an abusive person Mm -hmm. what stops him from being abusive toward the kid too so he does mention this and i don't remember when because i didn't write it down but he says at one point that, like, the best thing Lenny deserves is supervised visits weekly. Yeah, I remember that. And I, yeah, I think it might have been here. But I appreciate that, you know, he very much acknowledged. He's like, look, everybody has a right to representation. And it seems like he's not trying to get people more than they deserve. I mean, right, no one was found right. guilty last month, last week. So either he's yeah. a really bad lawyer or he is a moral enough lawyer to – focus on technicalities of the DUI and focus on like monitored visitation for a kid so that she can have her dad. Right. Like there's little stuff like that. And I really appreciate, 
you know, everybody knows way too much information about this case for yeah, it to be yeah. like doctor privilege, client, lawyer privilege, any of that. But when Matt leaves and is like, hey, let me walk you to your car, Donna's like, look, I was in an abusive relationship and I really can't abide you representing Lenny. Like, I don't want to be yeah. friends with someone who's protecting an abuser. And I yeah. really appreciate that for her. Me too. I mean, it's like one of the first times that she kind of admits that, right? And and is you can tell is kind of past it to the point where she can recognize it happening to her without feeling ashamed, embarrassed, or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Like, perception is clearly not mattering to her when we've heard so many things this episode about perception mattering. Mm-hmm. And the other part, too, is that when she's able to say that, Matt responds with a good response, not a defensive one, not an offensive one, not in any type of way a negative response. It was just, you know, this is why I'm doing it. And that's it. Like, it was just no bones about it. Like, this is just this is just why I appreciate your story. This is mine. You know, and, and so I, I can appreciate, to your point, how Matt is kind of like, like you said, he's almost kind of like the moral lawyer where he's going to, it's like he almost like gets you down to a plea, right? But mm-hmm. only a plea that's going to be reasonable. Like, you're still going to be guilty and you're still going to get punished. But, you know, I'll still do my job. Yeah, which I think is a really interesting take on mm-hmm. Matt as a new character. It makes me interested to learn more about him. Yeah, me for too. Sure. And like, you can tell Donna appreciates the openness. Like she's so much. She literally says, "Like, thank you for telling me that." I definitely wrote in my notes that she is attracted to it because yeah. I still can't figure out. Even though I just feel so right that Matt and Kelly are going to date. Yeah. It also feels like Donna's about to be single and it does. we got time to fit in a Matt and Donna before a Matt and Kelly or before a Donna and David or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because actually like the next thing that I think we see after all of these, like after everything we've already talked about, the next thing we see is Steve and Brandon are still talking about the Beverly Beat party, but then they go into the peach pit and it's basically a last minute goodbye Brandon party. Like, mm-hmm. It looked terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is not our level. We threw a charity fashion show that saved a clinic in 48 hours, and you can't yep. throw Brandon a better birth a better party than this. That's right. Like this is unacceptable in my mind. They literally wrote like "Goodbye, Brandon" on in Microsoft Word and then printed it out. Like mm-hmm. it's not even a banner. Go get a balloon arch. Yeah. Do something. It was like literally individual sheets of copy paper just put up there with tape. Yeah. And they're all like, – the whole gang is in there. They're like, you got to go. Uh, you'll be my guardian angel even if you're somewhere else, says Val. Yeah. David says he has to live his life. Nat says they got to let him go and then is like, help me with the punch and then sends David and Steve off to go get beer where they get beer out of the pee pad to bring it back and decide that Sophie is not worth ruining their relationship. Again, I swear that we've already had this conversation. We've had this conversation, and I'm like, but David's still going to date her, right? So this is just They're like actively typical, still dating. Yeah. So it's like this is a typical guy fight where it's like you're mad at each other for a little bit, and then you kind of punch it out. It's just minus the punching, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Steve calls him Bubby, and they hug. Yeah, exactly. And like <laughs> in the peach pit, Noah walks up to Donna and says he should have called, and then she's like, 
she just like basically is like can you just like give me the bare minimum like can you just give me something and then he just leaves so i'm like yeah all right let's break she's up. like i literally what i wrote i was like donna is like look i get it it's hard but you have to give me something then he doesn't dump him yeah it's like never mind let's break up like just let's do that yeah and then we get some weird people at this party. Like, I don't know why Matt's here. Yeah. He and Brandon don't know each other. They don't seem to like each other. But we find out that Brandon has released his article. Kelly says it's too fair. Story of our lives with Kelly reading Brandon's articles because they mm-hmm. don't just give her opinion. Mm-hmm. And then she tells Matt that she's interested in Amanda's rights and you better protect that baby. Dude, it gave me so many flashbacks to I want that baby. (laughs) She's going to take that baby if he does not protect that baby. That's right. And then also weird people that show up to the party. Abby's there. Yeah. Why? Which, like, okay, it almost makes sense. One of Jim and Cindy's friends who just happens to be in town, like, I can understand as a – child of parents being like yes I have to invite this person that my parents Mm -hmm. know because that's just what you do right but Abby goes to Val says she's not going to turn her in but she doesn't forgive her like what she did was still really messed up but Abby's like (laughs) Abby actually says I don't want to do this because it's going to look more embarrassing on me to have more stuff come up exactly she's like I'm not going to turn you in but I don't forgive you and yeah, I, do, I also don't want to look bad, so we're just going to – bye. Yeah. <laughs> like, and Val calls her on it. She's like, yeah. oh, my God, I called you for closure, and you make me feel disgusting, and mm-hmm. you're not giving me what I need, and you're doing this for you. Exactly. Cool. Which we all saw coming. Yeah, oh, for sure. We totally did. Like, I don't even remember who originally said it. It might have been David being like, your mom – giving you forgiveness is not the actual thing you need. Right. And that was and episodes ago. Yeah. They were still together at that point, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's also worth pointing out that at the point of this goodbye party, Brandon hasn't actually called the Chronicle yet to see if he still has a job. Oh, my God. So, I forgot about that. Yeah. So during this party in the middle of the day that was so hastily thrown together, Brandon doesn't even get to enjoy it. Because he has to call and beg for his job back on a payphone. And this is where he and Kelly both say they have no regrets. Which I I don't know. I mean, I'm glad that they're going on good terms. But this is like mm-hmm. the third time that they've said this to each other. And I feel like if you have to keep repeating it, you haven't actually gotten the closure you need. Yeah, like you don't fully believe it yet. But mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, to your point, it's like at least they – we're able to end on a high note and, and kind of be on the same page with each other. Whether or not mm-hmm. that stays is a different story, but, you know, for now it works. Yeah. I mean, I I have not watched BH90210 because I think we were on, like, season three of this show when it came out. I didn't want all those spoilers. But I feel pretty certain in the reboot that, like, the fake Jason Priestley and Jenny Garth sleep together, and it's got to be because nobody ever got over Brandon and Kelly. Right. Exactly. Um, and then we see stuff that night after the party. There's a very brief moment at Noah's house. So Donna's packing up the store, like going to close. She calls Don- Noah. He doesn't pick up. He's at his parents' house breaking shit. Like, yeah, he's just burning stuff, throwing stuff at the wall. 
generally struggling again. And now that there's a fire and he's throwing things in the fire, I'm very concerned this building is going to burn down. Yeah, and then he's going to be in trouble for, like, arson next. Yeah. But then back at the shopping space, Matt runs into Donna again, offers to talk to her because Noah hasn't picked up, and she finally takes him on it. He's like, okay, let's get a drink. Yeah. And finally, Brandon has packed up from Casa Walsh. He tells Steve, house isn't for sale. You guys can keep it as long as you want. And I've called Noah and said he can live here. So you know Noah's moving in next week. <laughs> no, it's going to be Noah, Val, and Steve. What a combo. I just – and I feel like of those people, Val should get the master and Noah yeah. and Steve should have to share the other bathroom. A hundred. They should 100%. have to share the Jack and Jill. Yeah, a hundred percent. So Brandon goes to get in his car. Nobody is there to say bye at him to him. David is literally working at the pee pad, which means that a lot of people are probably working at the pee pad. Like Noah is not there because yeah. he's drunk at his parents' house, but like they're all there and David's giving a tribute to Brandon over the radio. I'm like <laughs> while he drives away alone. Yeah, he literally is like Brandon. And I'm like, nobody knows who Brandon is. Nobody know like your radio station does not know who Brandon is. <laughs> The guy who goes to Canada for beer from last week is just like, who is Brandon? Yeah, exactly. Your one call-in guy is like, who is what? My name was Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so the only other thing I have to say here is there's a voiceover where David's like, it's been nine years and we've dealt with death and drugs and dances and breakups and whatever. It's not a great tribute because they're all alone. No one's together yeah. for this moment. Um, but apparently the music that was originally in the show, which of course we didn't get to see because why would we, was a song by R.E.M. called Night Swimming, which puts the whole night swimming event earlier yeah. into perspective. And I would have had no idea. If I hadn't just blindly been Googling through Reddit. Yep. Redditing through Reddit. Sorry. Whatever. <laughs> and that's it. Brandon Walsh has left 90210. There's not a single Walsh left on this show. I can't believe it. I'm yeah, not okay. Only... Like, I want one to just show up. Uh, yeah. Even if it were Jim and Cindy. Like, one of the two. But Cousin Bobby. Fine. Yeah. Even the dog that Brenda had for a while. Like... <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, it just this was such like I don't want to say a letdown, but the idea that it wasn't a clip show, that there mm -hmm. wasn't at least like a full night party that we didn't see him off in the driveway, pack him some sandwiches. Yeah. Have a Jim and Cindy cameo, have like the fact that they've been able to bring Lenny and Leah back at random and they brought um months back last season, like mm -hmm. they should have done something yeah i agree and yeah like the fact that that story that they reminisced on didn't even exist like i want to say donna had like one line and no scenes with brandon like in the actual yeah. first episode and so it's like it, it just seemed like they completely did him a disservice he jason Priestley was a producer on this show at this point like, i think he's a, a producer through the end of the show yeah. he still works there like give him a better send off i don't know it just felt really bad for for what it should have been it's so funny to hear that fake story after i was like just randomly going through my old 
synopses yesterday for like the first season when really what happened in episode one is Brandon goes to a party, uh, gets a date with Marianne, uh, doesn't sleep with her, lets everyone thinks like lets everyone think he does. And then that's it. That's all that happened. (laughs) Yeah, because David was with Steve because Steve was drunk Yep. The girls were all off on their own. Like, yeah, Brandon didn't do anything with anybody else. <sighs> yeah, well, Brenda was busy ordering a banana daiquiri with a different lawyer. <laughs> oh, my God, her first lawyer. Her first lawyer. Yeah, well, I just... I mean... 6.9 on IMDb, Yeah, 4.2 in my heart. That's right. I just... Yeah, you know, remains to be seen, but I feel like... I don't think this show has successfully become the ensemble that it could have been. And so getting rid of the main characters in this way just upsets me, if yeah. that makes sense. No, I agree. I definitely agree. And I do want to see the fallout of this. Like, I do. So if Brandon leaves, then the only people at the Beverly Beat are Janet and Steve and apparently Sophie. So that place is going to burn to the ground in five seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they need to have different jobs. Um, we'll be able to consolidate into Casa Walsh. Mm-hmm. So we're at least down a living space, kind of. Yeah, like, so we have, like, we cut the boat from the locations. Or we could potentially cut the Beverly Beat from locations. We added the shopping center, but that includes Matt, Donna, Kelly. We mm-hmm. can still have the beach apartment in Casa Walsh. And the pee pad and peach pit. And that's pretty much it for, like, you know, regular locations. Mm. Yeah. I I don't really understand where we're going with all of this, but I guess we'll find out. And I really, like, kind of just have to accept this, I think. I think that's kind of where I am. I'm in in my five stages of grief. But they've gone in a really weird way because this episode sucked. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Do you have a quote of the week? I do, and we didn't talk about it, and I'm kind of glad that I didn't bring it up when it because it just didn't fit what we were talking about this time. But oh, okay. It was during the store's like grand opening or whatever, and David decides to buy one of the dresses for Sophie, I guess, and oh, yeah. he like presents it to Donna's like, "Hey, I want to buy this," and she goes, "Woo, step right up, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I did really love how Donna is clearly freaking out about making money yeah. because. Like, thanks for coming. And Donna's like, and we're open for shopping. Yeah. You're like, tell your friends. And Donna's like, and also buy things. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, so I thought that was cute. Love a good a- Donna comedy moment that isn't like the dog or a clown and all that stuff. Going through a chimney. Mm-hmm. All right, Mary, what about you? Okay, so I kind of have a moment, and it's not because it was great or good or anything like that. Um, It was also Donna at the sign unveiling. Um, She kind of goes like on an anxious word vomit moment, and I did not write down the whole thing. But Kelly was like, this is a new adventure in our lives. And Donna's like, people die on adventures. <laughs> yes. And then just spits out a whole thing about that. And then does like a weird breath pull in that just reminded me of Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I have. Love it. I like it. 
My moment of the week was Brandon's little booty. Yeah. That's yeah. A That's a like better first, one. It's like the first nudity and probably the only nudity we will have on the show. For sure. Oh, man. Okay. So what's next week's episode? And is it just kidding? Brandon's back? <laughs> Uh, unfortunately not, uh, but it is season nine, episode six, Confession. I mean, that's Val, right? Like, Val is going to confess something again. Or Noah, you know, like, I don't know what he could confess at this point, but I'm that's just thinking the thing, about like, the, the people that are doing bad things. Or, you know, maybe it's like the Lenny Leah stuff and like Leah has something to confess that like actually doesn't work in her favor or something for the custody battle. I don't know. Oh, see, that could be interesting if something comes out about Leah and like Matt's like, well, it's wrong. I have to use it in my argument. And Kelly's just yeah. get pissed about it. Yeah. Yeah. That could be interesting because that's the thing is, yeah, I'm thinking of Val and Noah, but the only way to confess more stuff is to rewrite the narrative again. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally don't think Val has anything more to confess. She confessed to murdering someone. Like, yeah. I just think we're done. Unless she's like, I have a secret family and also a cult. I think we're out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, well, it feels weird. Like, I feel like we're also not saying anything. Do we want to say anything about Brandon Walsh? Did anybody write anything about him? I, I didn't, but I just, I just, I will say that I absolutely love the fact that we started off not liking him at all kind of hating was, you you could yeah. literally say hating it's fine he was just this like self-righteous you know good old boy who was often had good intentions but could never execute it the right way and just seeing the growth of that character and just kind of even just the growth from us like on the podcast going from absolutely hating him to like him being easily top three character you know it's just pretty impressive that not only the writers but also jason Priestley's performance could just do that and that's kind of why i love tv is like getting to change my mind and loving a character i used to hate so i just yeah kudos jason Priestley. we loved you we hardly knew you and we'll miss you i'll I'll forever miss the one week of mullet that we got with jason Priestley. yep yep yeah, no, the whole time I was, like, on my walk and, like, having my moment about Brandon earlier today, I was just thinking of, like, the Vitamin C graduation song. Oh, my God, like, yeah. I was, like, I need a full slideshow of Brandon Walsh, and I didn't expect to ever say that. Well, maybe that's for our, our post this week. <laughs> that's Next week is just a tribute to Brandon. I refuse mm-hmm. to move on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hey, do you have any final thoughts about Brandon Walsh? Um, I kind of want to include a segment going forward about what Brandon would have done in each episode. Yes. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I feel like I said, like, do you have any final thoughts? Like, we're never going to speak about Brandon again. <laughs> I'm going to start the next episode being like, you know what Brandon would have done here? Yep. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I guess – but, and it'll be a good one to talk about how Brandon would handle another confession. Does he know about the murder? I don't think he knows about the murder. I don't think he knows either. <gasps> he doesn't. Yeah. Well, it's too late. He's, he's gone now. Yeah. He oh, would have he had would absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll find out next week. And then we will forever have a what Brandon would have done moment. 
before we ask about next week, do we want to talk about some emails we got? Oh, that's a great idea. Okay, so this one we got from (laughs) Brian. I think, yes, Brian. Hey, Ariel, Caitlin, and Mary. Big fan of the podcast. Unfortunately, you are at season nine, which is almost universally considered the least favorite season of the show. But there are some bright spots. Season 10... Uh, does slightly improve, fortunately, and there are many important storylines still to come. I wanted to answer your questions regarding Sophie and why her character is getting as much screen time and importance as she has been. Many viewers feel the same way about Sophie as you do, but the reason behind her casting is because of who plays Sophie. Laura Layton, the actress for Sophie, played Sydney Andrews on Melrose Place, the hit 90210 spinoff. Sydney was a fan favorite of Melrose Place and had left the show around 1997. I don't know for sure, but assume that since 90210 viewership was not what it was, promoting her as a guest star of season nine was a way to boost viewership. I also think she was always just meant to be a guest star as well, but again, I'm just assuming. I'll insert an ad for season nine here. Again, love the podcast. Oh, thank you. And also love hearing Mary's insight on the episodes as well. Thank you also, uh, Brian. Thank you, Brian. I want to make this, I kind of want to make this into like, an ad for our podcast be like the show hosted by Ariel and Caitlin and then the little blurb at the bottom says I love hearing Mary's insight on the episodes Brian (laughs) that'd be hilarious (laughs) also this ad is incredible it's so good and this is like look at this photo she kind of looks wholesome here she does really want to believe this is the wholesome picture that they were using as a prop. I don't oh think God. it is, but I want it to be. Like, I have to go back clearly, and look. This was either in a newspaper or the TV guide. Like, you can't tell me otherwise. Like, this is a full-page ad. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine if they really did pull out a full-page ad in newspapers for this? Like, I think 90210 was, po- like, popular enough at a time they could yeah. have pulled that off. I think so, too. Oh my gosh. No, I love, love getting these little messages and like reminders here. And again, love the positive Mary talk. Oh, me too. <laughs> like we agree with you. Like we also love Mary's insight because it's so different and much deeper than ours. <laughs> I appreciate it so much, but also never perceive me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. So we also heard from our friend Derek – um, he says, uh, just finished this week's episode, which was like probably three episodes ago at this point, um, said, was wondering how you guys were going to receive these episodes. Also want to thank you guys for putting out episodes during the holidays and uh, says that you've been having a tough time and we're so sorry and we hope you have a happier new year. And thank you so much for listening. Yeah, and I, he said that he's our number one fan and that makes my heart happy. <laughs> Gosh, I have a fan. <laughs> what if he was just like Mary's number one fan? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I should have said. Also, you're like, oh, I'm starting to get Sophie now. Like, <laughs> you're like, oh my god, I have a fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I checked off my list five years ago. I don't understand what's <laughs> happening here. Yeah, it's finally happening for you. <laughs> they called back my student loan so long ago. <laughs> Me. Oh, man. And yeah, I guess as uh, mostly consistent as we are, you'll hear from us next week and whatever will be confessed and what Brandon would do better. You know what? 
That's going to be another Mary segment. Definitely. What would Brandon do? Definitely. What Mary says Brandon would do. Mary's going to write fanfic <laughs> every single week. She's going to read the entire episode. But in Brandon's WWBWD. Oh, man. Yeah, we'll have to figure out how to keep including Brandon in the story from now on. I'm going to buy one of the dolls and just bring it to recording. Yes, please. (laughs) Get them fancy hats for special episodes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, we'll find out next week. And until then, you can follow us on Instagram at Back2Podcast. You can also send us over emails with any thoughts you have, anything at all, at Back2Podcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share all it with your friends and family. All that stuff really helps us get seen and build a community and then give you all a better product. And if you leave us a review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the show because we really appreciate you. So until next week, from all of us at Back to Podcast, I can't believe we didn't even mention that Matt applied to Yale. <laughs> uh, I gotta go try on some clothes and go in a time machine and visit now or this I think the best way to wrap this up would be with a voiceover high school, college the real world, death, drugs depression, hormones puberty, you name it we've done it, we're still doing it and we'll see you next week, bye bye <laughs> see ya <laughs> <laughs>